Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Mark Show with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. In today's episode, Victor shares his latest appearance on The Upper Room Presents Real Talk with Ron Strand. Victor discusses the meaning behind the ministry to help those affected by trauma and his own testimony of abuse, forgiveness, and healing. Always inspirational, you don't want to miss a chance to hear his incredible journey. So let's dive into today's show. Victor, how you doing? Good, Ron. Thanks for having me back again, brother. You bet. You bet. Um, so I wanted—I was talking to you a little bit earlier, and uh, I thought it'd be fun. You know, we've, we've talked about a lot of the mission work that you've done, uh, but I want to dig in and give the folks, particularly newer folks that are maybe new to our viewership, uh, an insight into who you are. Um, and kind of go back to your. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do we want? Do we want to unravel? Uh, oh this? man! Please, uh, <laughs> please give out the ropes yeah. and okay. bells because <laughs> well, they go too I, deep into this. They yeah. may not come out the same. I think we need to put one of those warnings up if there's small yeah, children disclaimer. watching. Disclaimer. You know, yeah, disclaimer. So we're gonna we're gonna do that but first what we're gonna do uh folks is we're gonna show a video this is new victor's new promo video that just came out last week i believe yeah. let's take a minute and watch that folks. thank take sweetie we're here to help and uh, he's not gonna hurt you anymore my name is Victor Marks and I hunt predators for a living because that's what I'm called to do in order to save the lives of children just like her and others after years of suffering abuse as a child myself and overcoming the trauma I made it my life's mission to help others and that's why I created all Things Possible. All Things Possible recovers and rehabilitates trafficking victims from around the world, including right here in the United States. Since our inception, we've empowered more than 43,000 survivors of various trauma by providing relief. Prayer is what makes all things possible, but funding determines how many we can recover and protect. It's that simple. If this was your daughter or grandchild, would it be worth it to you? If you cannot donate, then subscribe to receive our updates about our missions. Because together, we can turn victims into victors. God bless you. So what you just saw is a small percentage of what we do. The bulk of it is behind the scenes. But what you felt and what the victim feels, that's always real. brother yeah victor that's a powerful powerful video and i think where i want to kind of go with that is that uh, you can relate to that young lady uh 
being uh, someone who suffered the hands of abuse from an early age. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. Maybe kind of give us a background of your where you were, you know, how you were brought up and and how that came to be. Yeah, and if you know, I'd say this. We, we joked earlier, but if there's anybody watching, we we really don't want to trigger you if you have a, you know, a, a, yes. a very challenged abuse past. Uh, and what I do say about people who do get triggered, it's always an indicator, uh, like a red light going on in the dash of a vehicle that you still need to work through stuff. But we're, we're certainly not here uh, to, to, to get you upset. Very few people ask me, with all the work that we've been doing for so many years, you know, why do you do this? And when someone does, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised to say, you know, thanks, thanks for asking. It's because, well, I, I, you know, there's a saying, hurt people hurt people, but then I also believe that healed people help heal people, and that matters. God has been very gracious to me uh, uh, through my past to help heal me in a way that's allowed me to help others who are still suffering or, um, are stuck right now and need to be recovered or rescued or even the part that very few talk about the justice piece because to that's why I said in the video you know everybody everybody tends to really appreciate the one aspect of the rescue or the recovery or to remove or make safe that but there's and that matters but there's so much more there's medical there's the psychological trauma relief. There's the lifelong healing process. Or in this case, you guys, uh, I mean, just tonight, right before we came on there, I actually got a, a text from a, our safe house in Southeast Asia in one of the countries where we had recovered and rescued a, a, a sweet young gal named Sarah, a little girl who had been brutally raped. And they just texted me and said, Victor, please pray. We're in the justice piece wow. where we caught the guy, but now we're going through the legal system uh, to put him away forever. And he, listen to this, he's sending relatives to testify that this little girl cut herself while using the restroom. Oh, jeez. I mean, we had to take her to a medical facility for emergency treatment. But she where doesn't have. This, a, where was this, Victor? Is this in the U.S. or was this? Uh, this is in uh, Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia. Yeah, one of our safe houses that we have. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just posted it on Instagram. It's not even on Facebook, but I just said, people, please pray, because it's such an evil, demonic thing going on when predators like him, and that's yeah. why I say I'm called to hunt predators, both in the physical manifestation, but also in the spirit realm. Because I believe ultimately it's demons that often drive a yielded man yeah. to do evil or a woman at this capacity. So the, my my enlarged heart to be able to do this comes from I suffered as a kid. I, I was sexually abused uh, from the ages of three to seven uh, by a caregiver. And I was tortured uh, on multiple occasions, uh, obviously to break my mind to get me to never talk about it. Um, and then I was, uh, at one point I was left in a commercial cooler to die. So, you know, this, uh, things that happen to children, you can't process. 
that's that's the biggest i think that's the biggest challenge uh, as a child you can't really process so what do you do you, you blame yeah. yourself yeah you know victor um <clears throat> excuse me i'm just getting over a little something so my voice is a little yeah. bit hoarse but um i i I don't want to get into the salacious details for the sake of the details, but I think it's important to paint the picture because what I do want to talk about is because I know you suffer from PTSD yeah, and you've been very open about that and about treatments that you've had for it because it's a very real thing that happens with young people that go through this type of abuse. Yeah. Um, you, you quickly kind of went over the fact that you were abused yeah. uh, by a caregiver and then thrown in a and a cooler to die. And um, let's kind of paint that picture. How old were you and how long a duration did this did yeah. this abuse go on for? Well, I, I detail some of it in a book that we have yeah. out. That if, if people would like a copy, it's easy to get on the internet or through our website. And I tell folks, if you can't afford to buy even a used copy, contact us at a ministry. We'll send you one for free because right. it, it is such a healing resource. But yeah, from uh, my yeah, we'll put that uh, website up. Thank you. My my mother, um, you know, she was married six times. Yeah. And she herself had a very troubled past of abuse, and she got caught in a cycle, which then made us children. I'm not the only one that suffered uh, in our family of the siblings, but um, I can only share my story. But yeah, yeah I it was a stepfather. Uh, which opened the door to horrible abuse. But then there were others. And people listening know exactly what I'm talking about. There's something about when a person gets abused or victimized, there's almost like an X on you where just evil people are attracted to you. And again, I believe it's demonic. But what I will say is this, the, the, the physical abuse, um, I, I was dunked in a tub until you know, I passed out. Uh, I've been shocked, you know, electrocuted, uh, and, and, you know, uh, other things, sexual things that, you know, were horrible. Um, uh, but I, I, I I'll say this, what's worse than the physical and other people know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. What's worse than the physical is the actual mental trauma that you go through that you're trying to recover from. Yeah. And it's what I call lies based on reality. Here's, here's an example. Um, uh, my stepfather, as I referenced, held me in a tub till I was, you know, going to pass. I did. I, I, at one point I went unconscious underneath the water. And then I woke up laying on this bathroom floor to him breathing in my mouth, resuscitating me. And he said, uh, you know, when I came to, he goes, boy, don't ever forget. I'm the one that gives you life. Wow. Now, when you hear that as a child, you believe it. Yeah. Because you were unconscious, and then he brings you. So that gives that predator or perp this power over you as a kid. Uh, another time, um, I was tied down in a barn, and I have a, uh, I had a concave chest as a child. I was very sickly and skinny and the concave chest he poured water in as i'm i'm strapped down i can't move poured water in it and then he took a cattle prod ron and he stuck the tip of this cattle prod which is like a taser and he hit it and it would send the shock 
through me oh, and um, and my body would arch and then it release. The, the first thing that happened for me is that, uh, you know, you see it coming, so you tense up and you breathe in to brace yourself for this shock. So when it's released, the first thing that happens is air actually comes out because you're in this tense shock state and then ah, air comes out. And he would lean down and he says, boy, do you know what that sound is? That air leaving him, I, you know, I'm just sitting there stunned. He goes, it's the sound of hope leaving your body. Wow. There is no hope. So these are things that were two examples of what was programmed into my mind that I believed. Because, again, as a child, you can't process it. And I'd say this right now for those listening or watching that are, that are feeling like I know what it's like. Maybe it's different because I have a lot of people say, well, I didn't experience a horrible life like you. Pain is relative. The consequences are different, but the pain is the same. It could be just a father speaking horrible words to you. You're never going to amount to anything. You're worthless. You know, our, our mother saying, I wish I never had you. You don't have to be electrocuted or, or you know, water tortured to, to have really serious you know, heart wounds, psychological problems at last. The other thing I'd say is this, the shame was never yours. Hey, if you got abused or, you know, someone does something horrible to you, uh, that shame is not yours. It's, it's on them. And I, I just pray to God that you would not let that heap upon you and oppress you. Cause again, it's not yours. Yeah. Victor, you hear a lot of uh, victims of abuse talk about, particularly when they're young, because they don't have the wherewithal, the experience of life to think through those things. So they, they feel, and I've heard this before, they feel like they're deserving of it or they're, you know, they're something less than uh, worthy. Or you know, Did you have that feeling like, you know, oh, this is... Absolutely. Yeah. You... Because you can't process it, and if someone, I'll tell you, if a counselor or someone helps a child process it quickly, boy, healing happens real quick. Wow. But yeah. when a child is left to himself to try to think, why is, did this happen or why is it happening yeah. again? The only logical conclusion you can come to is this person is evil because they scare me and hurt me. But somehow I'm causing it or I deserve it. And yeah. it's it's kind of a natural, dysfunctional, you know, way that seems logical to a child. And uh, that's why I think the biggest epidemic in our nation right now is those who've suffered abuse. Yeah. Uh, oh, know. yeah. Yeah, it's rampant. And, uh, and the after effects, you know, you... You, I don't want to jump ahead here, but you uh, had, the, by the grace of God, uh, uh, made, a, made a decision of, of, for Jesus Christ to become a Christian. Yes. And, and uh, your salvation has, has changed you. Yes. But, but a lot of people don't come to that point or it takes a long time. 
uh, and there's hope, and I do want to get to that. Um, and so there, that, there is that intervention, you yes. know, and, but that doesn't mean it goes away. You're, you're scarred with these things, and, and, and it's something you deal with your whole life. So let's move ahead. Now you're moving into adolescent teen years, uh, maybe a little more independence. Uh, you're not so, you know, because you're not a little kid anymore under your mom's wing so much. How did that uh, abuse manifest? Did you get angry? Were you, uh, were you wanting to be violent? What, what, yeah. what kind of things happened there? You know, typically you'll either swallow the grenade or you'll throw yeah. it. Um, and for me, I, I was a grenade thrower. Um, and I had all this anger, which I tell people, yeah, I mean, that was me uh, in the Marine Corps as, yeah. a, as a young man uh, in my late teens. And you can see, you can see the, the deadness yeah. in my shark eyes of, yeah. of just because you've got to do something with the anger. It doesn't disappear. And the right. first thing I tell people, I go, especially young people, because, you know, we started our ministry, as you well know, reaching kids who are incarcerated. Yes. Because that, that was the most dense population of abused and angry kids in our nation. And I said, I'm going after them. I don't, I don't want no big church. I don't, I'm going after who most will not. And I would tell them, hey, y'all have a right to be angry. Uh, th this whole weird philosophy of Christianity saying, you know, don't be mad. Don't be, you know, it's, it's like, well, you know, don't be angry. Yeah. Well, Jesus, I mean, his word says, be angry, be yeah. angry and sin yeah. not. That's and I right. think it's the passivity of pastors these days trying to teach people for controlled behavioral manipulation what well, you know just be nice be nice yeah. it, it's like hey nice people are weird and dangerous ask the number of women out there who've dated nice guys who were nice until they got what they wanted and they yeah. weren't nice again that's yeah. why i tell women and young girls date kind guys someone yeah. who's kind who will watch after you and protect you and be a gentleman a dangerous yes. gentleman but, yeah, I, uh, brother, faith has been good for me uh, yeah. because God is able to allow you to direct that anger against evil. And that's what he's done for me, giving me the privilege to help rescue souls from hell, to fight Satan, the devil and his demons, uh, and to win over darkness because he says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Yeah. We're more than overcomers. So I don't have to be shackled to my anger anymore, but it can be a rocket on my back to propel me for his good and glory. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming that a, <clears throat> a lot of that uh, that came out of that has propelled you into the ministry that you're in. Obviously, first of all, with the incarcerated youth in dealing with a uh, compassion for these young people, because so many of those incarcerated kids are, are abuse victims themselves, are they not? Oh, they are. Many yeah. come from very tragic backgrounds. Yeah. And, and you're right. Case in point is, as the ministry grew and expanded, we find ourselves in Iraq. When yeah. ISIS was taking over cities, killing people, beheading people, I mean, in the worst ways, and many people saw it on TV, but we were there living there or doing pumps in and out to help Christians being persecuted, non-believers, yeah. Muslims. Didn't matter to us because 
you know, we're supposed to help all people. And yeah. I'll tell you, here's the greatest weapon. This is the greatest weapon we've ever had. Because, again, people are like, we saw that, you know, you guys, you know, carry weapons. And I'm like, yeah, we carry we carry <laughs> AKs and grenades. I said I was yeah. a grenade thrower, all right? <clears throat> I, literally and physically and emotionally. But I'll tell you right now, uh, we've had to defend ourselves and those entrusted in our care when ISIS wanted to try to kill us or we had to evade. But I'll never forget when uh, we came face to face with a number of persecuted Christians who had to flee their city, ISIS. Many, you know, endured horrific stuff. And you know, the first thing I told them, and this is my favorite weapon, and I shared with them, I said, hey, uh, let's have a little Bible study. We're all Christians. And they're like, you know, what? I said, let's have a little Bible. So I just said, I talked about Jesus' words that were to forgive our enemy. And they got angry. Like, not the good angry. Really? But they yeah. were like, hey, you know, who are you to come here? I said, well, I'm just a, a follower of Christ who feels called to come over and to help. And uh, I know what it's like to be shot at, mortared have to have my family hide from ISIS just like y'all because I brought my family to it uh, at times. But you know what? I said you need to forgive. And forgiveness is giving up your right to hurt someone back for hurting you because if you stay embittered by what somebody's done, then your heart gets hard. And they were like, we don't understand. I said, and then I said this, if ISIS tried to come inside these walls of a little compound we were at, we're we're like our team would shoot them in the face, yeah. lots. We'd kill yeah. them to defend and protect y'all, and then they yeah. got they understood the balance. Well, what did Jesus say about anybody who hurts a child, who harms a child? You know, the fate of that person <laughs> is is not very uh, optimistic. Yeah, you know? put a millstone around them and throw them exactly. in the ocean while they're alive. That's, that's right. That's right. Get a visual on that. Exactly. Exactly. So, folks, if you're joining us uh, right now, if you tuned in late, we're talking with Victor Marks, kind of going over his testimony about his background. And we're going to get into a little bit more of that. Um, And uh, but, Victor, you're you're in the Marine Corps and um, you get a call from your your biological father, who was not part of your life. No. Talk about that. So you're in the Marine Corps and you're. You're still angry. You're, 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 you don't have a, a faith in your life at this point, correct? No, I mean, the Marine Corps is good for me. I mean, I, uh, that's a time where I'm learning how to shoot people, right? Uh, yeah. It's like, okay, I want to kill Arabs. Uh, you know, I want to kill Muslims. The, the, the Beirut bombing had just happened. And, yeah. and, and yet later in my life, uh, some of my favorite people I love and identify with are Arabs and Muslims yeah. under persecution. Right. So that's God's sense of humor. But yeah, I'm in the Marine Corps. I'm still hurting. I'm doing yeah. what the world says to be a man. Fight, drink, chase skirt. But I'm telling you, I'm empty. Yeah. I, I'm empty. Doesn't matter how many people I hit or choke or whatever. I I am I no matter how much I drink, I still was so empty. And here my real biological dad who never abused me, he was just absent, which made me angry at him. He writes me a letter and he says yeah, but no, he was no he was no kind guy though. I mean he was Oh no he was he, pretty brutal himself, right? He was his background was a pimp and a drug dealer. Yeah. And then he switched to academia and then he trained fighters and he was a bouncer for twenty seven years and he was in the occult. 
That's the last yeah. I'd heard of my dad. He was a practicing warlock. So it's like, yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but he writes me this letter that altered the course of my life, Ron, because he says, hey, he called me son, which really pissed me off. I was like, don't, uh, you know, I the night sure. you got my mom pregnant, you straddled her and put rosary beads down her throat and a pistol to her head. So don't play the nice yeah. guy. You're, right. you're evil. And he goes, I know I've never been there for you. And he, he, it's all of a sudden kind of a confession. And he says, and I know you think I'm crazy. I'm like, yeah, you were in a mental hospital. You, you, you had to go to a mental hospital for homicidal tendencies, you know? And uh, he goes, uh, this time I'm crazy for Jesus Christ. He yeah. says he's touched my life. And I didn't trust him, but it, it was so bizarre. He said, just come visit me. So I took leave of absence from the Marine Corps, went down there, and there was definitely a change about him. Nothing perfect about that guy. I mean, his, his nose is flat, his tattoos are, you know, and he's, he's rough. Yeah. But I could tell, like, there was a heart change. And I thought, yeah. this is really freaking me out. And it was him inviting me to a church, which I knew all about church. Yeah. It was him inviting me to a church that I heard people worshiping God sincerely, a simple message on the gospel, the cross of Jesus Christ. At that point, man, I needed Jesus Christ's forgiveness yeah. because I was on a bad track, right? The unforgiveness and the hate. And I had done things that weren't right. Yeah, nowhere near or what happened to me, but yeah. I took my anger out on people in ways that uh, wasn't justified, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and and I'll tell out to the audience, I was slowly morphing into my dad. I was starting to sample the occult, you know, mysticism, different religion, and I was like, man, I I don't like what I've become. And Jesus, he he really, I realized how much he loved me by dying on the cross. And it wasn't a religious thing; it was a very personal thing. And that's when I gave my life to Christ, June twenty second, nineteen eighty six. Wow. It changed the direction of my life. Never have I been perfect because it's not about perfection. That's right. Uh, but it is about going the right direction. And I just, man, I'd encourage people watching or listening. Hey, really, what have you got to lose to surrender and trust Christ with your whole life? That's right. Past? That's right. And your future. Yeah. And no doubt about that. And, um, so you, you, you become a Christian, you make this confession of faith, you've restored relationship with your father who actually ended up becoming uh, uh, part of your life. After oh, yeah. That. Did he not? God reconciled us. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that's quite a story right there. Whatever. What, is, but what about your mother? Did she did she find faith? She did. I mean, my mother was an extremely uh, devout fellow of Christ. But she suffered, as I you know, mentioned earlier, she suffered abuse as a kid and never quite got healed up. Uh, so she had her own challenges. That's why she married men who weren't good. And I would yeah. encourage any single moms in there, don't compromise your values to bring a man into yeah. your home. It's not, it's not worth it. Yeah. And you see it happen all the time. It's just so sad. Um, but that's a, that's a that's a topic for another show, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> uh, Victor, as we close, because what I want to do is we'll talk a little bit uh, next week about 
how you started the ministry and the transition from this point of your life, because you're you're out of the, you're in the Marine Corps, you become a Christian, you've restored a relationship with your father, you're not married yet, and we'll kind of delve into that next week. But you started to as we close tonight, and uh, as uh, you a few minutes ago about uh, uh, the opportunity to accept Christ into your life. Um, speak to those who might be watching tonight. First of all, the, those that may have suffered abuse. There may be their young people. Maybe there are people who have who've hidden this in their life, in their, their adults, and it's been a, you know, a, a burden in their life. Um, and, and those who uh, maybe didn't suffer abuse, but they're, they're bewildered in life right now. They're yeah. wondering, you know, what is this about? We're living in a crazy time. Yeah. Talk to them and what, what, what hope is there? Well, let me, let me first just address those of you who have suffered uh, abuse or some type of break in, in what you know should have never happened, an injustice. And I feel led to do this tonight. And we're live, and I can guarantee you I've never done this live. But those of you who know right now, thinking of someone, whether a father, whether an uncle, uh, an ex, a boyfriend, a brother, uh, a complete stranger who hurt you, who uh, in either one incident or many, uh, maybe a dad who wasn't there for you, and you hurt. You have a deep pain and a wound in your heart. Look. Give me the privilege to stand in the gap as a surrogate for them and apologize and take full responsibility for the evil, for the wrong that they did. It wasn't your fault, even though they blamed you. And I sincerely apologize for them. And I'm asking you to forgive me for what they did, it was never supposed to happen. And God didn't cause it to happen. He allowed them to make a choice which was wrong. But it's not your fault, not your shame. Please forgive me and please accept my apology sincerely on their behalf. And you know what? It may be somebody that's actually dead and gone. But I'm asking you to forgive me so you can be free. Remember, forgiveness is giving up your right to hurt someone back for hurting you. And God ultimately has the judgment. And I believe in justice, but sometimes we just don't get justice on this earth. Yeah. So for those of you who actually need and crave, and maybe you've never realized it until now, but there's a vacuum and a void in your life and you don't know what's missing, I'll tell you what it is. It's you need to be reconciled to God, the Father, the perfect yeah. father who will never fail you, who will never do you wrong. And, and Jesus Christ came to this earth, died on a cross. And just like I was a surrogate a moment ago for someone who's done you wrong, Jesus was the surrogate. He was the sacrifice that all of our sins were placed on him so that we wouldn't have to face eternal damnation. And you know what? He forgives you. And he wants to reconcile you to the father. God will put his spirit in you. You'll be forgiven. You follow Jesus. And maybe you know him, but you're away from him. Did you know it was Jesus that said, 
I'll leave the 99 to go after the one because mm-hmm. that's how much he loves you. And somebody asked me the other day, how did you find God? I said, I didn't. He found me. Yeah, he was pursuing me. I finally yielded. So maybe that's you tonight. I want to pray for y'all. I want to pray for you and, uh, and, and let the Lord do something in your life that maybe you never thought possible. So, Lord, yeah. I thank you for each person watching this, either live or on a mm-hmm. later date. And, God, I pray that you would show them how much you love them. Your yes. word declares you didn't come to this world, Jesus, to condemn the world. It's already condemned. You came to save them. And, Lord, you said you'd come to bring life and that more abundantly. And so many people are not experiencing life. They may mm-hmm. be doing their best and don't feel like they have a need for you, but they know there's not peace and there's a void. And that void is because of the separation that's caused by sin. But now they realize that, Jesus, you took it all. But we have to ask for forgiveness. So please forgive us, Lord. Please forgive me for my sin that put you on the cross. And, Lord, and just say this out loud, folks. Just say, I surrender my life to you. All that I am, all that I hope to be, I surrender to you. I make you my Lord, my Savior, my Master. I want to follow you as a disciple, one who follows them, teacher, and teach me in all things. And I thank you that now I have the truth and the hope of heaven because of what you did, Christ, on the cross. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 And folks, if you prayed that prayer tonight, we're going to give you a a website to reach out to us if you're in a minute here. But Victor, when you were talking about that, one of the things that that dawned on me, I feel it's important to say too. And I I want to say this to parents who have young children or maybe grandparents who have charge over young kids. Know who your kids are around. Uh, No. And know for sure, know that you know that you know, because as Victor was saying, sometimes <laughs> abuse comes out of the left field. And, and I'm speaking this from experience in our family. And um, <clears throat> know, make sure you know who your kids are around, know those people, know their background. I, I'm not trying to make it, uh, you know, like there's a demon under every rock or anything like that, but you gotta know where your kids are and who has charge over them and what they're doing because it just takes a momentary second for somebody to uh, abuse a child or to violate a child. And so be aware of that. Be very aware of that. Folks, if, if any of you prayed that prayer tonight, let us know at the upper room presents, I'm sorry, prayer at the upper room presents Dot com. That's prayer at the upper room presents dot com. We'd like to send you a Bible and some literature, help you get started in your faith. And uh, it's a step. It's a step. You made a step tonight. And uh, it's a journey of faith that Victor's talked about uh, that he's gone through. And um, as he said, it doesn't make life perfect. But Christ takes you on an adventure and he takes your life and changes it. Uh, and your perspective, your worldview changes. And the things that may have been important to you before 
are not so important to you, but the kingdom of God and his eternal kingdom become important. And boy, folks, we're living in a time that that's more true now than ever. And so uh, hang on to that faith, those of you who are walking with Christ. And those of you who made that decision, reach out to us. We would love to encourage you. And folks, one of the things, too, that uh, that I, I do these interviews with Victor because I think his message is so powerful. But I want to, we've got his, do we have Victor's website up here? We're going to bring that up um, to uh, Victor's website. Uh, I want you to pray about supporting uh, all things possible. VictorMarks.com. Um, what are we going by these days, Victor? Is it all things or is it, is it? Uh, it's VictorMarks.com. VictorMarks.com. And, and people okay. can really get familiar with what we do and the many yeah. different lanes we run in. And if okay. God puts it on the heart, it really does make a difference. Yeah. And and folks, pray about that. Go onto the site. The site has got so much resource on it. Um, and and ask God, where can I fit into this? Where can I fit into it? Is it either by prayer or by financially supporting what Victor's doing? Because as we're going to get into next week, we're going to see what impact this ministry has globally. Now, not just in the States, but globally. And uh, the, the amazing, amazing things that they're doing. And so we're going to look into that next week. Thanks so much for watching. Victor, thanks for your time tonight. And you bet, uh, we'll look to talking to always you next enjoy week. It. See you next yeah, week. Always wait. Thanks for watching Real Talk. We'll see you next week. God bless. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.